Welcome to the PKN Podcast, where we give you the wrap on all things packaging. Welcome, folks, to the PKN Packaging News Podcast. My name's Grant McCarran, and as ever, I'm joined by Lindy Hewson, Managing Editor and Publisher of PKN Packaging News and the host of this show. Hello, Lindy. Can you please tell us about our topic and our guest for this episode? Hi, Grant. Good to be here again today. This is episode 29, so we are cracking along at a fast pace with the PKN podcast. Um, now, in previous episodes of the podcast, our audience may have heard references to the term PrEP or the PrEP tool, especially when we've spoken about the Australasian recycling label. And now that the PrEP tool has been used by somewhat over 90,000 different products for the evaluation of their packaging, I thought it was time that we demystified PrEP. And so with us today to help us do this is Anthony Payton, the co-founder and director of PrEP Design, an organization which he formed with Planet Arc and InnoViz. Uh, Anthony has worked in the environmental sector for over 30 years, which has included building landfills, conducting MRF audits, and assisting the Australian Packaging Covenant organization members prepare annual reports and action plans. Anthony is also the Southern Director and Victorian Chair of the Australian Institute of Packaging. And above all, he is passionate about doing what he does um, to create a more sustainable world. So welcome to the podcast, Anthony. Thank you very much, Lenny. It's great to be here. So we're going to start with PrEP 101. Um, what is PrEP? Who is it for and what can it do? Well, Lindy, you mentioned the ARL just before and the ARL and the PrEP are what we say joined at the hip because what it does is it's a, an online tool that's used when packaging designers and brand owners are designing their packaging. They put all their details in and it gives a result of whether it's recyclable or not. And one of the key things about the PrEP is if it's not recyclable, it gives some feedback to the designer to say why it's not recyclable so that um, they can change the design before the product goes on the market with the ARL. So that's principally all around their packaging. They're designing a new product. They've got a pack that they've decided is this will be great. It's going to look great on shelf. But what about its end of life? What about its recyclability? Um, And so they then can subscribe to PrEP, is that correct? Yeah, so if you're a member of APCO, you get to use PrEP as part of your membership and also the ARL, so that's all part of membership. And it's um, what it does is it, um, it simulates what happens to packaging after curbside. So obviously it's very complex, but there's obviously confusion at the moment with um, consumers that's solved by the ARL, but also the brand owners when they're designing packaging, this helps them when they're designing packaging to understand what happens at the end of life of their packaging. So um, you've, you mentioned APCO membership there. How many of APCO's members are currently using PrEP? Well, it's been an incredible uptake over the last few years, Lindy. We, um, when we started this with APCO in 2018, there was a few companies who were on board already with a sort of a, a beta version we had up until that point. Um, but since the start of 2018, the numbers have grown and now they're up to about, I think it's about over 550 companies who are members of APCO have voluntarily signed up to use PrEP as a design tool for their own business. So when we talk about the 90,000 plus products, uh, we're talking about individual SKUs, is that correct? We're actually talking about that number, which is a very big number, which I was um, surprised when I saw it myself, Lindy. Um, it's for individual items of packaging. So for instance, a bottle um, has a bottle and a cap. So there's two items of packaging the consumer will have to dispose of. 
So they're called items of packaging, and there's 90,000 items have been assessed for recyclability so far. So I know this is oversimplifying it, but I'm just trying to make sure that the audience understands. So let's say you have a, you are a yogurt producer, and um, you have your in-mold label container, the little tub, and you've got the, the lidding film. So you enter that into the prep tool to see how recyclable that is. And then as a result of that, you then get some information that you can then, uh, that will inform what you put on your Australasian recycling label. So ARL is the Australasian recycling label. And from there, the, and so that particular yogurt product is one of those 90,000. That's what you. That's what we're talking about, like the bottled product that you talked about just now. Yeah, well, it's, it's really just the one extra level beyond that, Lindy. So with the individual um, yogurt container that you mentioned, it might have two pieces of packaging the consumer disposes of. They might remove the film, they've got that in the left hand, and they've got the tub in the right hand, and they've got two pieces of packaging to dispose of. And so the ARL will have two symbols, one for the tub and one for the film. And the prep assessment will do an assessment of both those pieces of packaging that the consumer will be discarding when they finish with. Okay, so that 90,000 includes each item of packaging. Each item, yeah. So there might be, say, 60,000 products, which include about 90,000 items of packaging. Yes, now that, now that makes complete sense to me. Why do you think prep has been so widely adopted? Well, I think that what's happened over the last few years, Lindy, is it's become a standard step one, that there's often a bit of um, conjecture and, and debate about whether something's recyclable or not. And what we have now is a, a framework that gives a decision for each piece of packaging based on it, its simulations through the whole ecosystem of recyclability. Uh, the second thing is, this, because there's 550 companies have come on now using it, you're not alone. So when we started this out, it might have been, I'm using this and nobody else is but now there's 550 companies using it. So that gives the confidence that there's some good faith in what the system is producing and therefore I can have confidence of embedding it into my internal processes. But I think the third reason is that with the APCO, the national packaging targets, and one of the targets is to have all packaging recyclable, reusable or compostable by 2025. Now, if we just look at the recyclable part, that's why we're looking at a big uptake of the PrEP because the PrEP helps in a really streamlined, accelerated way to determine the recyclability of your packaging. And so in terms of we're only th four years away from the target, it's going to take a while to get to that target, but at least the PrEP will help in that particular target for all the members to come on board. So I remember being at that early launch in 2018 and um, you already then had the buy-in of a big company like Officeworks. Subsequent to that, you have now got the big retailers behind this and they're using the tool and the ARL for all of their own brand products, which must be a huge win and also a huge uh, endorsement in some ways um, of, of the tool. Oh, absolutely right. I mean, the retailers are a big um, influencer on the supply chain, as we all know, in so many ways. And with the large retailers coming on board and adopting the program, the prep then with all their suppliers, they're all being part of the program as well. So that's another reasons why some of the suppliers have come on board using the prep because the retailers are looking to have the ARL on all their packaging and they've done a great job. So really thank those retailers to come on board because they've been a big um, uh, supporter of the program for quite a while. So it's been fantastic to have their support. Yeah, and we're really seeing some some action driving through quite quickly now um, with so many announcements around products that are packaging that is recyclable. 
How will PrEP and the ARL help Australia respond to the export bans on our waste? One of the key problems that um, has happened in previous years is there's been contamination in the recycling stream. And that's why when we had the China crisis and so on with export ban, or, well, the, more the, um, the bans being shut down for places like China, and we're looking for other markets such as Malaysia and other places, is that the contamination is a problem. Now, so that comes back to two things. First of all, the packaging that's been designed is not has got embed contamination, so it's not as fully recyclable as it could be. And the second thing is the consumers aren't putting in the right bin. So what the prep's doing is the first part. It's helping the designers create packaging that's more recyclable in the first instance, which will clean the things up in the first place. And then the ARL will support the consumers to put the items of packaging in the right bin. Now, those two things together will then create a cleaner stream. Now, if we have a cleaner stream, that means that those materials that were previously being exported overseas that now have to be processed locally, because they're a cleaner stream than they were a few years ago, that's going to make it more easy for a local reprocessor to take those materials and then turn them back into something else in the, for the domestic market. Now, it's not a silver bullet. There's, not, there's no suggestion of that. And it's not necessarily going to happen overnight. But I, I think that by having these designers come on board, making changes to the design of the packaging in the first place by using the prep and then the, the consumers following up and doing the right thing, that will do a big job towards making it easier for local reprocessors to, to make a dollar out of processing materials locally. It makes sense to me. It makes sense to 550 users. But some people haven't embraced prep. Why do you think that is? Well, I think the first instance is there's some companies who um, uh, haven't got the internal resources to really source the data required to do a proper prep assessment. So, that, so for instance, if you want to understand the recyclability of packaging, you need to know uh, the laminates and the size and the inks that you use. And sometimes companies don't have that information on hand and have to go back and ask questions of the suppliers. The other thing is that there are people who don't necessarily understand the full workings of how the prep has been set up or the role of the technical advisory committee and how granular we are in our assessment of recyclability. And so I think that if some people will look at the ARL and they might look at, say, 100 items of packaging and they've got a concern about one or two of them, they might think that the whole program is it has flaws. Well, Yes, it has flaws. It's not perfect. There's no one saying it's perfect, and we're continuing to improve it over time. But I think that's really relying on um, the different parts of the supply chain to give it a chance, to have, a, have an opportunity to feed into the process where they see ARLs that don't look right, to feed that information through to APCO so we can make the changes. Because it's a dynamic tool, the prep. It's not static. As changes occur in terms of international markets or it changes occur in terms of local MRF technology, which is the sorting technology that are used to separate the materials, we can make the changes to the prep to reflect that reality. And so when it comes to understanding that system, I think there's confidence will grow over time as people understand not just how detailed it is as an assessment framework, but secondly, how dynamic it is and how it can respond to changes in the market. So um, I want to talk a little bit about APCO now. So the again, I'm just going to repeat for the audience's sake, the Australian Packaging Covenant Organisation, which is behind and supportive of the Australasian recycling label. Now, APCO is doing some research to uh, help validate and confirm the PrEP settings um, that include MRF trials. 
and palpability testing with paper mills, that's that kind of level of research. Can you tell me a bit more about what that involves and, and how that will support the endeavours of PrEP and the ARL? Yeah, Lindy, APCO has been a fantastic supporter of this program over the last few years. And the more recent work that's being done um, by the ARL team, uh, Lily and Alex and, and Brooke, there's, everyone's been chipping in. And it's also now having a large part of the supply chain involved in these things. So I mentioned the technical advisory group. There's also been working groups set up that look at individual things such as soft plastics or, you know, um, in cases of palpability, we're looking at paper products and how do they behave at a paper mill. That's led to a more a research study that's being done now with the funding from APCO, looking at developing a lab palpability test methodology, which simulates what happens in a paper mill. Those tests are being validated by the paper mills. And what we're looking at there is when we're doing a series of tests such as uh, polymer-coated paper cups and trays and things, how do they behave in a paper mill? And we use the testing to do that. Now, the results of the testing will then help us to validate some of the settings within the PrEP because the PrEP has what's called proxy settings. The PrEP is a software. It's not a paper mill. But what it does is it simulates what happens in a paper mill by putting in proxy tests that simulate things such as the amount of plastic that a paper mill can accept or the type of inks that cause problems or the types of glues and so on that cause problems to paper mills. So the testing that's being done by APCO with these probability tests and also more recently the MRF trials is really to provide that extra layer of confidence that the prep settings are accurate. And if they're not accurate, we change the settings to match the reality. Well, I, I mean, I think that this level of research is absolutely necessary when we we hear things like the National Plastics Plan requiring all businesses over a certain turnover to adopt the ARL and therefore to use the PrEP. Do you agree that this is absolutely essential to have this level of research? Yeah, well, I think there's, there's some people might say that the ARL is fantastic, it should be mandatory. I mean, I'm not suggesting that, but I think if the big companies come on board, that's step one, because there's... We've now got a program that's it doesn't cost anything to be involved. If you're a member of APCO, you just get to use it. There's obviously some um, involvement there of your suppliers to get the information needed for a prep assessment, of course. But if the consumers are seeking this information and want to do the right thing, they're looking for the big brands to step up. A second part of this is the small to medium-sized enterprises. And under the federal budget, funding's been set aside to help the SMEs come on board the ARL program and make it easier for them to come on board the program. So I think that we need to tackle this in different ways. If you're a large company, you've got more resources and you're able to do that more internally. If you're a small company, we need to accept the fact that you won't have the resources internally and therefore we need to bring you to the table such that you can still comply with the requirements of having the ARL on your packaging without necessarily going through the same rigorous detail as a large company that will have their own resources internally. Now, you mentioned um, earlier the Technical Advisory Committee um, at APCO that is working to also, as you say, encourage all parts of the supply chain to engage in creating a circular economy for packaging. So tell me a little bit more about the work of that committee. Yeah, it's a fundamental element of this whole program, Lindy, Lindy, because we've got, it's the governance structure. It's all very well to have the artwork on the packaging and a software tool, but it's the governance that provides the confidence through the supply chain. And by having a technical advisory here that's made up of 
experts from across the supply chain, from packaging converters to brand owners to retailers to government to um, recyclers to technical experts, um, authorities, all coming together. Now, we meet once a month. This is not something that's just done once a year at an annual conference. We meet once a month, and there's a lot of conjecture around recyclability, but rather than that conjecture being just opinions thrown around to say, let's just guess at what recyclability means for this particular item, we look at the evidence. The evidence is considered by the Technical Advisory Committee, and if the evidence is not sufficient to make a decision, we seek more evidence. And also what we do is we allow for the users of PrEP to submit an appeal. They might get a result from PrEP that says not recyclable. They can make an appeal to the TAC. The TAC can look at the evidence they have available and they can come back and respond accordingly and say, yes, you're right, we should change the PrEP or yes, you're right, but it's only applicable to you or no, you're not right, I'm sorry, but your packaging is not recyclable. But therefore, the governance structure is based on a committee of people, experts in their own field that cover the whole supply chain. And a key point here, Lindy, is we're looking to create a balance between the needs of the brand owners in the packaging industry who design packaging for shelf life and other primary purposes of packaging with the needs of the recyclers. And that's sometimes a difficult thing to understand because if you're wearing a recycler's hat, you want everything your way. If you're wearing a, a, a packaging designer's hat, you want everything your way. And so in some respects, we end up with a compromise where we might be putting in um, assessment frameworks for recyclability that are good for 2021 but maybe we have to tighten those over time towards 2025. And therefore, what is recyclable today may not be recyclable in 2025 because technologies change both at the packaging designer's side and all the also the recyclers' side. Therefore, we're on a journey together that the packaging designers are working closely with the recyclers such that we can achieve an outcome that both parties are happy through the process. Now, what I'm hearing here, Anthony, is that there is a degree of education and training required around around this tool and around the ARL. And as I understand it from our colleague and friend, Ralph Moyle, who has was on our previous episode of the podcast, um, Ralph is involved in some of this training. Can you tell me a little bit more about what the Australian Institute of Packaging training program around PrEP and ARL involves? Sure. Now, Ralph's been a great champion of the program, and it was um, fantastic to see the Australian Institute of Packaging form a partnership with APCO as essentially a training arm to support some of APCO's work. And one of the modules that AIP have set up is a module that helps um, individuals who can come along with the training to learn in a detailed way how to use PrEP and then how to use PrEP to apply the ARL on the packaging. Now, the, the training courses that were run um, over the last 12 months have been really well attended, but I think what also has come from um, these courses, speaking to Ralph, that we have quite a, um, a diversity of people. And you would understand, I suppose that's not a surprise, Lindley, in terms of some people coming to this with a real 101 type basic understanding, whereas someone's coming in maybe with an already a bit of a master's saying before they start. So... I think what will happen over time is, and, and speaking to Ralph and Nera about this, is that we may end up, therefore, with um, a couple of modules where it might be like an intro module, which is the one that exists at the moment, and then over time build more of a, an advanced module. Because when we're looking at some of the real intricacies of package design and how they affect recyclability, 
you may have one person with a, a large organisation that's a real prep champion, but you might have half a dozen or 10 other people who are also using prep part-time. So there's a different needs within an organisation in terms of what level of understanding they have of how the prep works. Anthony, what I do want to say to you, and I didn't say it at the beginning, but I, I wanted to congratulate you on your persistence with this development of the prep tool because this has been a long journey for you um, and you've really stuck to your guns and um, it has now effectively uh, paid dividends in the sense of um, the commercial uptake of this tool. Um, so thank you for that, first of all, from the industry's perspective because that has made a huge difference. And thank you, too, for reassuring us that about the good governance behind all of it, because I think for many brand owners out there um, who may still be uh, on the fence around this, this does provide some reassurance, certainly. And seeing who has taken it up already, like the retailers, other big brands, small brands, um, that is a, a convincing and compelling argument. I'm going to give you the opportunity now to give one last message to our audience. What would you like to leave us with today? Well, I think a, a, a key thing here is um, the audience that we haven't, haven't touched on really at this stage is the local government. And councils will have information for their residents about what's recyclable. So I think that's really the elephant in the room in some respects, that we're talking with the, the brand owners, we're talking about the recyclers. But I think at the end of the day, when we're talking about consistent communication to residents, there has to be greater engagement with local government across the board. And if one council saying one thing and other councils doing something else, over time, it's even hard enough to get to a level of harmonisation about bidding colours. Well, even if we get past that, there's still a lot to talk about to try and harmonise what is recyclable across Australia. And this also includes New Zealand as well. So how do we engage the um, and the local government to reflect the realities of their own jurisdictions, but also trying to get to a point of harmonisation? So if somebody moves jurisdictions, it's the confusion is removed from this from the circumstances because we've got some level of harmony when it comes to what should go in the yellow top bin. Well, and at the end of the day, um, as the recent APCO survey around the ARL has shown, over 76% of Australians believe that the best thing they can do for the environment is to recycle um, and to do recycling properly. So what you're saying there makes complete sense. Thank you very much for joining us, Anthony, and for helping us demystify PrEP. Thanks, Justin. It's great to be here. Well, thank you, Anthony, and thank you, Lindy. And of course, thank you, folks, for joining us on this episode. We'll be back in the not-too-distant future with another informative episode. But until then, have a great day. You've been listening to the PKN Podcast, produced by Southern Skies Media on behalf of PKN Packaging News, owned and published by Yaffa Media. The views of the people featured on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of PKN Packaging News, Yaffa Media or the guest's employer. The contents are copyright by Yaffa Media. If you wish to use any of this podcast audio, please contact us via the website or send an email to editor at packagingnews.com.au. You can subscribe to this podcast via your preferred platform and read all the latest news on Australia's packaging industry at packagingnews.com.au. You've been listening to a Yappa Media Podcast.